0: Hi, I'm Rosie, and you're listening to the second season of What Does Your Family Look Like? Welcome back to more stories about one extraordinary lady, Josie. We learned in episode one from her granddaughter, Carolyn, that Josie lost her father, the main breadwinner of the family, when she was a young girl of 11 Living in a coal mining town in Pennsylvania, barely scraping by, Josie did whatever she could to help her family survive. The responsibilities on her shoulders were immense for such a young girl.
1: Let's pick up where we left off. Her mom thought that maybe if she had one less mouth to feed... Things this would be hard. a little easier. This is a hard so, story. This is a hard story. So Josie um, went to the family where she had worked a little bit, and they took her in. And she lived there. And she got her room and board in a, maybe a quarter a week or some tiny amount of money. She had she, immense responsibilities with these oh, people. When she listed what she did, you, you just would look at her like, wow. She, the family had little children, so she would get them up and... Um, get them ready for school. So she would do all this work and she was still going to school. And at the time, again, this is like the early nineteen thirties, the public schools weren't free. Um, and high school wasn't free. So she was saving money to be able to go to high school. And she worked with this lady for for years and years, cleaned the house. When there were parties, they would, you know, she would help her prepare. The lady was in like a like a women's league or mm-hmm. um like a, a women's community with like well Mrs. York. They were well-off, cons, cons, you know, comparatively in speaking. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother said she was so good to her. She just adored them. She adored their family. And um, when Mrs. York had her baby, she let my grandmother weigh in on the name of the baby, Aww. Elizabeth, which well, my grandmother special. just thought was so special. How often did she get to go home and see her family? So it was interesting. She... um she could see her mother's house from the York's house. And they would have these little contests when she was doing the York's laundry and her mom was doing her laundry. They would laugh at who could get the laundry out first. And she'd wave at her mother. I beat you today. Oh. I got out the Yorks laundry early. Or her mother would wave and say, "I beat you today." And she would go sometimes at lunch um, when she was home from lunch from school, or okay. she'd go visit her on the weekend. Yeah. Oh my gosh! I mean, can you imagine?
0: Thirteen years Not old at that age. Now off to work. Now
1: it, it's really amazing, and yet most of the stories that she talks about, and I think one of the things that was so like key to her personality was this positivity right like she didn't talk about how hard it was to work for the Yorks or how little money she made. she talked about how good they were to her and how kind they were and how sweet the children were that's what she talked about and she was so grateful for it. Um, her mother ended up remarrying um, and mm. she married someone who had a lot of issues and he had uh, they had a child together um, who they referred to as Cookie, the baby, okay. um, my Aunt Anne. And she was quite quite a bit younger than my grandmother. But um, unfortunately, my, my great-grandmother's second husband was a person who had a lot of problems. And he was um, violent at times. And uh, my grandmother actually had to intervene to get her out of that abusive situation. So back in the day, the way you did that was go to the priest. Oh, how did that work? <laughs> that was interesting. So um, my grandma went to the priest and she said, my mom's got black eyes and oh, he's h- hitting her and they need they need to not be together. And they didn't allow divorce because they were Catholic. Mm-hmm. And um, he said, does your mom still have that home that your pa built? And she said, yeah, she still has it. And she said, well, that's where she'll go. So she went back to that home, which turned out to be the smartest thing she ever did, not to sell that that's home true. or give it up for assistance. Um, and of course, the priest made the condition that the older girls, my grandmother and Vicki and Mame, had to go over and clean his house once a week and bring a meal. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So they, it wasn't granted a divorce. Okay. But he allowed them to separate. And my great-grandmother was back in her own home but my grandma worked uh she worked a ton of jobs she continued working all through high school she worked at this roadside um truck stop uh near their home and she worked the night shift so she went to high school during the oh day and then she worked overnight with her friend Unbelievable! and um it was you know unbelievable right right like where do you get the energy but and they're in pennsylvania and you know, sometimes there's snowstorms and this sort of thing, and they didn't have a car, so they right. would walk from the school to the diner and work their night shift, and then early in the morning, walk back home, sleep for a couple hours, and then go to school. And she said, uh, when they would walk home, um, if there was a blizzard or really bad weather, she would stay with her girlfriend at at her house, and uh, their last name was Fives, and Mrs. Fives had all these kids. And she and her husband were so great. My grandmother loved staying over there. And when the kids came in, the two girls would be halfway frozen from walking home in the blizzard or freezing rain or whatever horrible weather there was. And they'd sit them down and they would, you know, strip off their clothes, wrap them up in whatever blanket they had, stick them in front of the fire. And Mr. Fives would get a brick out of the oven and wrap it in towels and stick it in the bed mm-hmm. to warm up the bed. Mm-hmm. And then the girls would get in. And She said, they just put everything they had on the bed. So in the winter when it was cold, they just pick up the rug from the floor and put wow. it on the bed. Like anything to help keep you keep warm. You really warm. Um, but Mrs. Fives would communicate with my great-grandmother to let her know she had both girls. Mm-hmm. So my great grandmother would be waiting for Josie to see if she was okay and coming back home. And if if Missus Fives was keeping both the girls, she'd put two candles in her window.
0: No kidding.
1: And if my grandmother was going to continue her walk home, she would just put one candle in, and my grandma knew to wait for her. That's amazing. Yeah. So just you didn't amazing, need cell phones. right? And these, <laughs> you know, I think one of the things about her stories that just always struck me was. These are folks who didn't have a ton of formal education, and they just knew how to do everything. Right. They were so resourceful. I mean, they 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 had to be. They planted, and they raised animals, and they canned food, and they made moonshine, and they made homemade wine, and they put up preserves, and... Uh, she always said, look, "My her mother, my great grandmother. She would say she never wasted anything. Right. That dress would pass down from one girl to the next to the next. And she said, when you just thought like you can hold it up to the light and see through it, she would shred it and make a rag rug out of it. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I'm just um, no sense of nothing waste. was disposable, and also everything had to be clean, and that that definitely passed." To my grandmother and to my mother, a little less so to me. But um, they are—they were immaculately clean. And her—her her mother, my great grandmother, would say to Josie, "Just because we're poor doesn't mean we're dirty." We're right. she was scrubbing the floors, and my aunt Vicky would tell me that um, my grandmother would try to make scrubbing the floors a fun task. And of she, course she would. She would get the whole floor soapy, and then she would strap the brushes onto Vicky's feet. And she'd swirl her around like she was on an ice <laughs> rink. And they'd be singing and skating oh, that's <laughs> so on the soapy floor. Um, but she just, yeah, she she didn't. She just thought she had a way to make everything fun.
0: Some of the stories that I remember that you told me, and it's a big fast forward because she's married now.
1: And had six kids. And she had six mm-hmm. kids. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and then, my mom's the oldest. Yeah,
0: Right. And then how... And then her husband, she did, She was raising her family. Josie's now raising her family, right? Yeah. And then her
1: husband dies, right? Yeah. So she had my mom um, when I, let me see, my grand, well, my grandfather fought in World War II. So she had my mom, and he was still away for a while. He came back, and they had um, five more children. So mm-hmm. my mom's the oldest of six. Um they bought a home in upstate New York, which is where I grew up. And they bought a home that had two apartments in it. And so she always had tenants. Um, and I always think, I wonder how she felt about being married. Because when she was married, her husband did not want her working outside of the home. And <laughs> she'd worked every job imaginable already by the time she got married. But she had these six kids to raise. And, um, and my grandfather came, fought in um in Asia in World War two and came back with malaria
0: mm.
1: and um when he was fifty five he died of congestive heart failure um, and she had my mother was my mother was married already okay. and had us, but she had five more kids at home, and you know the boys were in college, and she just she kind of had to figure this out right um, so she went back to work. And she uh, she went to IBM. My grandfather had worked for IBM for many years. And she said, uh, I need a job. My husband passed away and I need a job. And they gave her a job working in the cafeteria, which she loved. She loved it, of course. Every job she had, she loved. She met new friends. She had, she loved seeing the men come through with their nice ties. She loved a good tie, <laughs> you know? She, oh, I love when the lunch line opens and I can see everybody all dressed so nicely in their nice ties. Um, and then because, you know, one job's never quite enough, she also went back to school for, she got a cosmet- cosmetology a license. Yeah, and she opened, a, she opened a beauty salon in her home um, and she did hair in her home you know, evenings and and weekends. Um, And, you know, she was, she was doing hair until she was probably late 80s, early 90s. Isn't that crazy? Um, And after she retired from the cafeteria job, she actually kept her job. She was cleaning offices until she was, I think, 95. She had one little job. (laughs) (laughs) No, what does somebody do at night? Like, what was her job? Really? She really was like, She really was cleaning the office because when I came home from college in the summer, she had, (laughs) she had that job cleaning the office. It was this, um, friends of my mother's from high school, the girl had gone on and taken on her family's insurance business and they had a two story office, uh, downtown and, um, when I came home in the summer, she, her girlfriend would go away sometimes on vacation, and she'd let me clean with her as an extra job for me. Also, Josie was really great at finding you a job. Right. There I was bet. no not having a job. Oh, yeah. Like, no. you came home from school for the summer, and she's like, you could do this and this and this and this. I've already talked to six different people. Like, she had it lined up. There was no not working. Right. That's where you get it from. Carolyn <laughs> doesn't sit still at home. Well, I laugh because when she was living with me, I remember her saying two things. And and it was so funny because both of those things were things I had thought about about her mm-hmm. all growing up. One is she would say, you're never idle. And I thought, yeah, well, where do you think that came from? <laughs> right. You're never idle. Um, and the other was, you can do anything because she could do anything. But we had such fun. I would come home in the summer and I would take the cleaning job with her. And she was, I was like, why do you like this job so much? She loved it. She loved that job at Hannavin's. Why do you love it so much? Because three things. One, I get my exercise. Go up and down the stairs, and I polish the desks, and I take out the... It's great exercise. Okay. Two, they pay me cash. Okay, she grew up during the Depression, right? So paying you cash is important. And three, they invite me to all their parties. I'm like, I bet they do, because you're fun. So she went to all... And they did. They loved her. She went to their celebration. She went to their holiday party. She went to their... So everything, you know, and she just loved it. And we would clean together, you know, do you want upstairs or downstairs this week? Or how about I dust and you vacuum? And we just split it up. We had so much fun. Oh, my gosh. Um, We baked. She got me baking for weddings one summer. We baked cookies together all summer for weddings. We did a, we hosted some retirement party and she goes, we can be the server waitresses. We have to wear navy blue on the bottom and white on top. And we get to go to the taste testing that was a ball. We went there, they let us taste everything they were going to serve. And then we served the party. And we just had a great, That's a st- great time together. And, and how old are you at this point? That was, I know some of it was probably when I was in high school, but most of it was when I was coming home from college. Um, but even all growing up, um, my mom was a school teacher. Mm-hmm. So during the summer, we would, we lived in like, suburban area, but we're surrounded by all these farms. And of course, my grandmother picked and canned and froze. So my mother picked and canned and froze. And from the first weekend she was off in the summer, it was like, we got our little baskets. And what are we doing this week? Strawberries. What are we doing this week? Blueberries. What are we doing next week? Beans. And yeah, it was nothing to come home with, you know, six bushels of green beans and your job's to sit on the front lawn and snap off the ends and then they parboil them and freeze them Oh like tomatoes tomato juice was it all for their self-use or Mm -hmm. okay yeah yeah and you know we had a case freezer in the basement and my mother froze a lot of vegetables and then she put up tomato juice and stewed tomatoes and jelly and jam and cherries and pears and i mean you name it peaches we picked the whole summer the whole summer And that was just what you did. And we loved going with grandma because she always made sure you got ice cream after you picked. Um, And just watching her, we were like, how do you pick so many blueberries? Well, when she was little, her mother would wake them up at the crack of dawn and they would go to a mountain and they would pick. And there was a, they called him a huckster. He had a truck at the bottom of the hill and he'd pay them per pint or per pail a couple cents for picking. And they did that all the time. My gosh. We used to go, we lived, we grew up like five minutes away from her, which was wonderful. And we would go over there every Sunday after mass. And my family and I went to 10 o'clock mass and Josie went to eight. We would get to her house about 11, bringing donuts. And she'd been up since five. She'd baked two or three apple pies. They were already (laughs) out (laughs) cooling. She had everything set up for the noontime meal dinner she was in a suit, her nails were done, her hair was done, jewelry on, fresh, beautiful apron with pretty cross-stitch on it. She'd already been to mass, big smile on her face. And she sat down and relaxed and enjoyed the company. Her table was always gorgeous. China, pretty linen. She mm-hmm. just loved all of those things. She loved hosting. But by, you know, 11 o'clock in the morning, she pretty much had a full day. Yeah. And she just made it look so easy. And... You know, six kids and tenants and everything else. She she worked out of a kitchen half the size of what mine is today. And I have a really small kitchen. Right. One of the things I was thinking about today, because I was thinking about talking to you about Josie. And it's interesting. I always thought of her as being like this incredibly capable female, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. she came from this brave woman who left her homeland, didn't speak the language, right. went to the US with a husband who was supposed to have married her sister. I mean, like, well, talk right. about brave, right? Right. They could kind of do everything. They were so capable. And she would often say in an in a complimentary way, mm-hmm. Oh, you can work like a man. One of the things I thought was so amazing was she was such a girly girl. She could do all of these things and she was so exceptionally capable, but It never, for a minute, interfered with her being feminine and loving all the beautiful things. You can be capable and still be feminine. Right. Absolutely. And you can try new things or work really hard or physically work really hard and still enjoy putting on your nail polish and going out dancing. Yeah. So you work as hard as a woman. Yes. (laughs) Yes, for sure. Right. Exactly. Exactly.
0: And work she did without complaint. She embraced hard work, taking on whatever challenges presented themselves with positivity and enthusiasm. Thanks to Carolyn's extraordinary relationship with Josie, we are the recipients of a bird's eye view into a woman who possessed the vitality and determination of 10 people No challenge was insurmountable as evidenced by Josie's ability at a young age to save her own mother from an unstable and violent man. How many young girls could muster that kind of courage? Please tune in next week for more stories of our wonderful Josie and how she continued providing for her children, not skipping a beat after the death of her husband. Thank you for listening to another episode of What Does Your Family Look Like? Please like and subscribe and follow us on all social media at WDYFLL, the podcast.